You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. And welcome, everyone. This is Christina Pratt um, and Why Shamanism Now. It's been a while since I've been live, and I'm happy to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your true ancestral helping spirits and to mine. I call out to all of those who lived well, those who died well, those who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us to be that legacy, that great wealth of wisdom and inspiration and guidance that keeps us from repeating the same old mistakes and supports us in going forward in our lives in new ways, uh, courageously taking measured risks and able to make what is new manifest, especially those things that are needed greatly in our time. So we call out to these ancestors who hold that rich legacy for us and ask them to lean in. And as we call out to these human ancestors Let us reach through the humans to those older ancestral energies, those who live with us in many other forms, other than human forms all around us. And we call out to these ancestors that together create the beauty and complexity, the diversity and harmony that are the ecosystems that we all live in. We all live in some ecosystem somewhere, and I call out to all of the ancestral helping spirits in those natural environments all around our world, those who were here long before there were humans and they'll be here long after. These ancient ones understand how to be in form in diverse ways in harmony, and so we reach out to them and we ask them to help us to understand our own true nature. And to speak and manifest from that essence and yet to do so in a way that we are willing to change and transform and to fit into the great fabric of life in a way that all that we are and all that we do becomes good for all living things. And so we reach out to the ancient ones, those other than humans, we call those ancestors in to assist us in this day. And as all of these ancestors in their many forms gather round us, let us gather ourselves to draw ourselves from wherever we might be in this moment, multitasking as people do these days, and draw ourselves into our mind and take another nice deep breath and exhale and draw yourself into your heart, letting the mind calm and cool and taking another nice deep breath and release and moving down into the belly, letting the heart settle into the knowing that you are present. And from that place in the body, deep in the belly, let us reach down to the earth, literally or energetically reaching to the earth and taking this moment to stop all thought, all worry, all concern, all upheaval of emotions in the heart and just take a moment to touch this earth in gratitude, gratitude for your day, gratitude for your life. Gratitude for the miraculous fact that you are alive. And we give enormous gratitude to the earth for the wonder of this experience of life. Take a nice breath. And as we recognize that as long as we are breathing, we can create change in ourselves and in our world. Let us reach all the way down deep into the center of the earth because we really don't do it well unless we are grounded. So we reach deeply into the center of the earth and take a moment to renew our relationship to that deep internal energy that draws its power out of darkness, the pure darkness of the sweet night that allows us to sleep and to rest, that which draws its power from stillness, 
from silence, from the solitude. And as we reach deeply into that energy, let us draw up this earth energy that nourishes and replenishes and restores and draw into our very being the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here on this planet in form in a good way. And we draw the energy of the earth up into our bodies and we use this energy to help us to settle into who we are why we are here, what we are here for, what matters, what has true heart and meaning to us, and may we organize ourselves and our day around that which truly matters. And we call out to this energy to help us to draw a strong sense of hearth and home that is not connected to old divisive ways, but a sense of hearth and home that opens to the other and embraces this deep reality that if we are going to do this, it will be together or not at all. And so we open up our sense of hearth and home. We open up our sense of what we can actually do and be in the world. And we give gratitude to the energy of the earth for supporting us in that risk-taking. But as we draw the energy of the earth up into our heart and mind, let us come into right relationship with ourself, right relationship with our environment, with others, human and non-human, right relationship with the invisible world and our spirit help. We ask to come into right relationship with all things. And in that sinking in, may we connect to that great fabric of life and have that moment of knowing our place in the oneness and draw that deepest sense of right relationship with ourself from that knowing we are part of something so much larger than ourselves. And as we settle into this grounding and rooting in a deeper knowing of why we are here, let us send our energy up from belly to heart and heart to mind, up and out into the sky above your head and whatever weather it holds for you today, taking a nice deep breath, opening up the stagnation and suffocation of how you have been the moment before, breathing this energy in as you reach up through the atmosphere, out into the sky, all the way up to the highest power of the universe, and by whatever way you know that energy, however you think of it or imagine it, and if you don't, just simply let it be the sun, the moon, the stars. Let some sense of this radiant divine energy Shine down on you and let your own pleasure in receiving it radiate up to that energy. And in that sense of drawing this energy in, we call that energy from above, this sky energy down into our day, into these proceedings, into the top of our head. And in this way, we draw into ourselves the essence energy of blessing. We draw in the essence energy of protection and we use it. We draw in this energy of the benevolence of our universe. We draw in inspiration and illumination and that which supports our own innovation, that which supports our spontaneity and our joy. We call these energies in, drawing them all the way in and sending them down through the body to connect to the center of the earth. And in this way, we connect above and below we call in those energies around and we tune in to the energy of our own heart. And we ask our own heart to come awake in this day. We call out to that crucible of transformation within the human heart that allows us to bring energies in paradox together. Those deep fiery passions of your belly about why you are here and the crystal clarity of your mind that can see this world and helps you understand how you will do it in our time. And we let those energies move and dance in a fiery tango in your heart to bring forward some sense, some understanding, some inspiration about why you are here. And may you find in that beautiful human heart of yours the courage that you need to do something to bring that gift, that medicine of why you are here into the world in manifestation to share with others. And we give enormous gratitude to the countless qualities and kinds of spirit help that gathers around us that we are all supported in doing this 
May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I would like to give special thanks to the constant change and flow of the beautiful human beings, listeners just like you out in the world who understand that why shamanism now exists now into its 11th year only because it is listener supported. And so if you feel moved by this show in any way, you feel moved in the heart, even if you're moved to irritation, which could be the case in today's show, I invite you to let that motivation in the heart motivate your actions in the world and to do something to help the show to grow. And so I would like to thank that that flow of those who donate and those who who flow away and new ones flow in and this this constant um, sort of stable uh, way in which you listeners um, support Why Shamanism Now. So I give thanks to Sophia and Rosalind, to Darcy, to Gia, to Laurel, Ephraia, and Patricia. And all the listeners who donate financially to the show, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. You iTunes listeners may not realize Why Shamanism Now has its own website with archive of all the shows, which are more than what is on iTunes because they won't let us have all the shows on iTunes. There's too many. Um, anyway, also on whyshamanismnow.com, you can go to the support and scroll down, donate any amount, large or small, in any currency you choose to. We are grateful for all of it, and it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And um, the archives available and our current efforts to reorganize that site to better support um, the 450-plus hours of shows in the archives. Yes, I know. It's a bit much, and it's hard to find what you want, and so we're working on fixing that, and it's your donations that help us in those efforts. We are live today, which we haven't been for a while, so if you have questions about today's topic, which is the new live online class, The Shadow Transformation Protocol. So this is today's topic. If you have questions about today's topic, you can call in at 512-772-1938 or Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site, and I'd be happy to answer your questions live. Otherwise, you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. I would be happy to either answer your questions or turn your fabulous questions into another live show. With that said, it is Tuesday, May 7th, and on May 11th, which is a f- just a few short five days away, um, we will start the Shadow Transformation Protocol with a free webinar. Now, y'all know, as you are spread around the globe, there is no one time that I can pick that y'all can be there live, and I'm frustrated with that, too, but... I have to pick a time, and it's going to work for half of you and not for the other half of you, and I apologize. This particular class, once it happens, it starts May, uh, July 1st, is going to actually be offered um, alternating. So one week it will be in the morning, Pacific time, my time. Um, the other week it will be in the evening. And so hopefully that will allow more of the globe to participate live in a parts of the class and through the through the recordings of the live work on the other parts. But this is, of course, the great beauty of online classes, podcasts, etc., is that you get to listen to them when you can. You get to engage in a way that suits your life. So those of you that are doing very labor-intensive things like raising three kids or um, working a couple jobs or trying to run your own business, whatever that might be. Maybe you're in graduate school. Um, These things don't really give you a whole lot of freedom with your time. And the beauty of online learning is it allows you to do it when you can in a way that works for you. And I've actually found a great deal of joy in the online classes that we offer. It's different in many ways than y'all coming to join me somewhere live and in person in a big intensive retreat with lots of ritual and all of the things that we can do best with each other live and in person and and the way that we can move ourselves from where we have been 
through the intensity of that kind of day after day after day working with things. I know for myself, um, some of that kind of retreat-based intensive learning has been critical and essential in moving me forward in my own path. At the same time, to maintain and sustain that forward movement on our path, we must learn skills. Most shadow work involves in, um, digging in here to some sense of the shadow, bringing that energy out, maybe dancing it a little bit, maybe making it a mask, being in that energy, growing more comfortable, understanding it better, maybe understanding the gifts that it could have for you. And then ultimately when it's all over, that energy actually slips back into the shadow. You have a better cognitive understanding of it. Maybe you're a little bit less afraid of it, but the truth is, from an energetic standpoint, like shamanic perspective, shamanic healing perspective, the energy returns to the shadow to continue to undermine your forward-moving progress another day. And this is what the shadow transformation protocol is meant to offer another option for. Okay. So this uh, online course, let me get – over talking about the online course and then we're going to talk about a couple other things today around the shadow okay so new online course being offered um no prerequisites you will if you don't know how to journey for example you will need to draw on other people in the group who do know how to journey if you don't know how to clear you may need to draw on other people in the group who know how to clear but that is part of the secret of true shadow transformation work is reaching out for the help from others who are also transforming their shadow because our shadow energies are where we are most deaf and most blind to ourselves. And by reaching out and getting dependable help from others in a, in a very structured way, not just random, but a structured way, we're able to see where we can't see about ourselves and hear what we can't hear. And so this is part of the actual secret of doing shadow work is it's very hard to do alone because in our shadow self is the place where we lie most effectively to ourselves, so seamlessly, so smoothly that we don't even notice that we're doing it. Okay, so the course right? Shadow transformation protocol, the wild power, the fierce and unyielding heart is about discovering your heart's limitless capacity to ally with your worst fears to restore precisely the truth, sexuality, joy, and passion necessary to sustain an authentic life of deep connection and transforming effect on the world. And so this whole thing begins with this free webinar on Saturday, uh, May 11th, 10 a.m. Pacific time. There will be a recording, as I said. So if you can't join us live, please register anyway, because anyone who registers will get a link to the recording and it's not going to be posted in the archives. And so if you want a recording of this talk and can't be there, you must register. All right. And it's free. Okay, and so the webinar is a bit of a pokey stick, but, you know, let's get the party started, right? Come on, let's get at it. And so the webinar's name is Five Common Beliefs That Disempower Your Shadow Work and the Secret to Engage It. All right, Five Common Beliefs That Disempower Your Shadow Work and the Secret to Engage It. So I want people to understand. So the reason I'm starting with the pokey stick, right, is because I really want people to understand right from the get-go, this isn't a vaguely shamanic version of the same old thing at all, right? The fundamental assumption about shadow work that blinds us to its true nature is the idea that shadow work is a psychological or spiritual issue. That, that fundamentally is the problem. Now, I'm not saying Jung wasn't correct about shadow. What I'm saying is that we assume because Jung talked to us about it more eloquently than most, that it must be psychological because Jung is kind of the father of contemporary psychology. But that's kind of addled thinking, right? Jung actually struggled with it and couldn't actually get to the root of it psychologically, 
right? And besides, you know, Jung is basically a straight white man at a particular era in Vienna. He's the, you know, he's part of that ancestral mix that many of us are struggling with right now. So I'm not necessarily going to look to unresolved ancestors from my own ancestral line for the answers about how to do this, right? Instead, what we've been doing, you know, shamanism is reaching out to helping spirits to help us to understand how to truly do this. Okay. So the point here is though, once um, we understand or are willing to entertain the possibility that shadow work is not a psychological or failure of your spiritual self, it is not psychological or spiritual. It is neither of these, that it is an issue of the heart. And once we understand that, Contemporary assumptions unravel for anyone, and the transformational fund begins. So these are the five common beliefs that lead us away from the real work we can do. Shadow work is painful, a psychological process. The next is that working with your projections is shadow work. That's a big misunderstanding these days, and we're going to talk on Saturday about why that just isn't so. That our shadow work is full of anger and disembodied feelings. And then the final belief we will look at is the idea that there is no end to shadow work. So these are the common beliefs that we'll talk about why these are not necessarily true and the one secret that will allow us to change that. So in this free event on Saturday, May 11th, uh, we'll adjust our understanding of what shadow actually is. And then all we need is really the right tool for the job. Because you all know any job you need to do without the right tool is hard. And so it creates a perception that the job is hard. But the real issue is you simply did not have the right tool. And so we also need a specialist to guide us in a very strange realm that tends to make us deaf, dumb, and blind to the truth. So there is an art to engaging in transformation of this kind that flies under the radar of the mind and is deeply rooted in changing your real-life choices. And mastering that art is the secret to renewing your heart's sacred contract with your soul. And it is precisely this contract that we each violate with every aspect of ourself we shove off into the shadow because we don't know how to deal with it. Okay, so that's Saturday. And I invite you all to join me. You can register. Let me get at how you can register. You can go to the Why Shamanism Now Facebook page and click the link there on today's um, show announcement. You can also go to my website, lastmaskcenter.org. Right there on the home page is a link to click. Um, so there are lots of ways. Easy. You just need to register and um, everything else is free doesn't matter. The time doesn't really matter because we will send you a link. Okay. So most of us know that we need to do shadow work. Okay. Well, okay. There's a lot of people out there in the world who don't really know that. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Okay. So today what I want to talk about is the signs that you need to be doing shadow work now but don't really know it. I mean, there's obvious signs that we need to be doing shadow work, which most of us will, um, you know, allow the fact that we keep blowing up our life or keep getting into disastrously toxic and problematic relationships or uh, continue to find jobs that repeat the dysfunction of our family of origin. These are kind of the obvious signs shadow work needs to be done. You all know that already. What I want to talk about is the signs that you need to be doing shadow work that most people don't recognize for what they are. So I'm going to tell you some stories about three very common versions of very good people. They're all doing their own work. So these aren't people that don't get it. These are people who do get it and who are trying. But because of our sort of cultural misunderstandings about shadow work, they don't see that the most direct path out of where they're stuck and into what they want is to simply do shadow work. Now, obviously, my point is, so register now. 
I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm not encouraging you to come and do this with me. But, you know, why not? Right? Why not try it? The worst that can happen is you decide it doesn't work for you. Right? The best that can happen is that you'll realize what has been working for a variety of people for 25 years does work for you. Not only that, but that you become part of a community of people all around the globe who are finding this can work for them too. And you could all continue in those efforts together. And this is the deepest reason for my own investment of time and energy into these online courses. It is really not that I don't have enough to do. Because believe me, I do with the cycle teachings and the community around that work and my own healing practice. It is more than enough. I am not getting any younger. At the same time, I don't see my world changing. I don't see the efforts of all of these good people all around the world in their work shifting the fabric of our societies in a way that is commensurate for the work that we're all doing, which means we're spinning our wheels more than we know. And so I'm asking myself at this time of my life, what would it take for this work that we're doing to dig in more effectively and to move us forward in a way that we're not yet stepping into? So let's go on with my little stories. Okay, shall we? All right. So. The first person, the first type of person we're talking about is someone who is educated in social work at any level, actually, um, since many people are excellent practitioners, even though their technical education level is low and others vice versa. So anyway, so here's this person in their life, well into their practice, um, you know, not fresh out of school, but well into their practice. And this is actually true. I'm going to speak to this as a her because I'm actually thinking of someone in particular that allowed me to tell a little bit better story. But this could be anyone who presents in any uh, cis female, transgendered, whatever. The point is they're an educated practitioner of what counseling and psychology. Okay, so imagine this person then is a person who um, has uh, – so this person is pushed uh, in an effort to be more helpful for their clients, is pushed into opening up to body-mind connection, Um Efforts. They often reach into that more of the coaching market, maybe Abraham Hicks and different kind of um, the positive, sort of relentlessly positive at times. But that um, aspect of the market out there that moves out of therapy to heal illness into how do we support people in their wellness? How do we support them to thrive in the world? And again, like I said, there's nothing wrong with any of this, right? So they get into this whole amazing aspects of the body-mind connection that they didn't get taught in social work school, okay? And let's imagine this person as they're sort of out there on the edge and their clients are somewhere sort of behind them because of their own pain in their own life. You know, maybe a kid that goes off the deep end with drugs, um, maybe a particularly uh, painful divorce, um, many of the different things, frankly, we experience in contemporary life. So this practitioner person experiences this and because they're already out there in the whole understanding of the body-mind connection and they think they're doing everything that they can, they might reach across the line into spiritual stuff. Things that are a little more woo-woo, things they're not really sure they could ever quite bring into their practice. And through that sort of spiritual healing, something that's no longer really psychological, but truly spiritual and energetic, something unexpected, magical, miraculous occurs, which that spiritual practitioner could explain 
But from the therapeutic perspective, it's pretty magical and miraculous. Let's say that kid that was off the deep end uh, with, with drug addiction actually recovers and is able to maintain their recovery and over the years is able to rebuild their life. So for this person, there, there's this real deep heartfelt place now where they see that all the therapeutic training in the world didn't do the job, but these spiritual practices did. Now, this kind of awareness is not uncommon these days. I think you all would be surprised what your own therapist has actually done. And then, of course, there's therapists that would probably be surprised what their own clients have actually tried to do in our collective effort for all of us to experience true holistic well-being. Okay, so what happens often is that practitioner will then go train in that spiritual system, whatever that was, that brought that miraculous healing into their life. Now, sometimes this is actually a physical system, a physical energy bodywork kind of system. But in this version of the story, I'm going to talk about the spiritual systems. What often happens for that person that is really grounded in the psychology of healing which is, you know, the wisdom of the mind, part of the healing, is they often train in the spiritual practice, but they'll talk about how, well, they really don't, they can't integrate it into their practice, or they don't really like it, is what I often hear. Yeah, I trained in that, but I don't, I don't really like it myself, so I don't really do it. And that's the place right there. I don't really like it myself. That place is a place of shadow. That little moment of my life has brought me in contact with this thing. I'm being called to move into and understand more fully, not necessarily to become a practitioner of, but I'm being called in this direction by my heart. And I don't really like it. It's like who in you doesn't really like it? Okay, so this person then often if you look at their as they look at their whole life and they speak to their own colleagues their own friends their own support system they are often complaining about the fact that they're getting older they can't for example maintain their weight perhaps they're you know not pooping <laughs> perhaps they are um you know showing signs that their life really isn't in balance after decades of good work and supporting other people and endeavoring to do their own personal work, the sum total of their life is telling them that physically, um, emotionally, because often there are problems in their relationship. There are long stand, often long-standing issues in their relationship with their significant other that just haven't changed or won't change is the language but I, but there's a question of have you really done all that you can to to change together to grow together to be each other's um support and reason for transformation i mean it's a significant other after all right and so there's this language that is often about, well, I can't do that. One of them would be, well, I can't work out because it takes too long for me to get myself pulled back together for my day. Right? What's that about? Right? Well, I can't do that because my partner won't. I can't do that because of. Now, for someone who's actually trained in therapeutic processes, it's always fascinating to me how they don't see their own language around I can't. That is almost always speaking to, for someone who's otherwise working on themselves, almost always speaking to deeper shadow patterns that are not being addressed. But it all seems ever so reasonable why they're not. So that would be one kind of person that really needs to join me on this journey into the shadow realm. And yes, it will be perhaps a little woo-woo for you, but the bottom line is true, effective shadow work must leave the safe territory of the mind and the spirit and move into this profound craziness from the mind's perspective of the heart. 
that the heart does not follow the rules of any of the other wisdom bodies, particularly not the mind. The mind and the heart are perhaps the furthest apart, the most paradoxical to the other in our own inner wisdoms. Now, just to remind you, if you're a new listener, you haven't heard the Wisdom Body series yet, our physical body has its own wisdom. Our emotional body has its own wisdom, and this is necessary to access for shadow work. Our mental body has its own wisdom, and the, and the really good therapy that's out there moves us and te- educates us around the mind's wisdom. And then the spiritual body has its own wisdom, and so many of the teachers out there in the kind of human potential movement are largely talking about that place between the mind and the spirit. Right, A lot of coaching is about the mind and the spirit. But where we undermine our best efforts of the mind and the spirit is where the heart is not able to align with our conscious self going forward because it's also holding these aspects of ourself we have deeply betrayed. And these are our own shadow aspects. And we have to be willing to spelunk into the terrifying for the mind arena of the dark heart. But if we go there with the right tool and the right guide, it's not so scary. It's mostly just phenomenally weird, often hysterically funny, moments of pure terror, but only in realizing we're the only one who's scared. Everyone else has seen that in us all along. And so basically, the issue with true shadow work is being able to help to move this person into a place where they have the right tools for the job and the understanding that the job is a heart job. In many ways, it's a rescue mission in the heart. So person number two, person, person, contemporary person number two, this person is generally speaking because of the last 2000 years of the Western world's attitude about things, this person is generally male, right? So this is a person who um, is raised as male and identifies as male, just to try to be a little more conscious about people's life experiences because just because you came into life in a male body doesn't mean you believe that you belong there okay so i'm talking about the kind of person who's been raised as a male and identifies with their is male identified okay so this kind of person because of the nature of our system is essentially awarded rank privilege and power and there is a certain entitlement in that but the person that i want to talk about is that kind of person who doesn't necessarily feel the benefits of that system. This could be because they were raised in poverty. It could be because they um, had a serious dysfunction in the family that has undermined their ability to kind of grab that gold ring that's offered them. It could be um, any number of things, any number of things that are transformable but that are their own sort of daily struggle. Now, this type of person most likely has already engaged in therapy for their own sense of inner health and well-being. This kind of person most likely um, has done men's work and committed to some retreat time um, in in that, that luscious, sort of poetry-driven, mythical realm of men's work. This person very likely is in relationship and is participating in that relationship with their partner, um, gay or straight. This person um, believes deeply, cares deeply about being one of the good guys, about being part of the solution for the world. They care about the world. They care about their children, if they have them. They care about other people's children, even if they don't have their own children. And they care that their sisters, their mother, um, you know, the women in their lives, um, they're basically feminists, 
right? And they don't understand truly and deeply when they get called out for internalized issues that they do not consciously identify with. And they don't know how to address that conversation. And so this speaks to a kind of person. And now there are female versions of this as well, but, you know, trying to tell some different stories here. There's this sense of having looked at and taken responsibility for their dysfunction and that there is a sense of truly having changed and taken responsibility for that which can be engaged in through the mental and spiritual tools that we have access to here above ground, essentially. But this particular group of people, because of the huge um, prohibition for men in the Western world to know deeply the realm of their emotional life, don't tend to go easily and willingly into the heart, much less the dark heart, because they, they, they're great um, social prohibitions against it that have been trained into them since the time they were kids. So this kind of person, in spite of the fact that they most likely have done shadow work in those men's retreats as part of men's work, need to do shadow work. Because this dropping into this place in the heart has not really occurred. And you can see that in the fact that though they, they in their mind, in their heart, they are consciously engaged in being solutions to the problems, people around them that love them are telling them they are the problem. And so that is another place where a person can recognize there is shadow work there to be done in spite of the fact you may think you have done it. And so with that, let me, let me point out to one other kind of general person before I get to the third story here, which is basically, especially in the United States, I can't really speak for another country, but in the United States, um, junior high, high school peer pressure is awful. It's, it's really pretty horrendous, and it's only gotten worse and not better. As we have supposedly moved into the human potential movement, the way that we are parenting has escalated bullying and the peer pressure that we see in schools. This, to me, is another sign that the shadow work we're doing isn't getting the job done because it isn't changing how we parent, and the burden for that healing is being dropped on the shoulders of our children. Okay, so what I'm talking about is that person who was labeled as that kid in school. Now, whether that kid was made you popular or that kid dot 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 made you unpopular, you know, were were you a popular girl? Were you a mean girl? Were you a smoke line kid? Were you a shop guy? You know, like what? I mean, there's probably new designations now in school that I'm too old to know the right names of. But the point is many of us, probably most of us, got labeled as that kid, whatever that kid was. For some of us, that gave us social currency. For others, it took it away, right? For some of us, it allowed us to fit in and get all the perks or some of the perks, for others, it meant we couldn't fit in no matter how hard we tried and we got none of the perks. Okay, so now many of us went on in life and sorted all that out again. But that kid is most likely an aspect of shadow within you because we basically – once we got labeled that kid, whatever that kid was, positive or negative, we then, out of the profound social pressure of American school, is we ended up cleaving off parts of ourselves that didn't fit in to that kid designation one way or the other. And those aspects of ourselves often went directly into shadow. And this can be true in a different way for people who are homeschooled. It depends on why you were homeschooled. 
if you are homeschooled from a fear-based, divisive sense of wanting to protect you from all of the awfulness that's out there in the world um, and to set you apart, you've got that kid too, right? If you were homeschooled just from a basic sense of wanting to make sure that you're taking responsibility for your schooling and not really to make a divisive statement about good and bad, but just basically higher education, you know, good education, maybe not so much, but still it's very hard to move through in the Western world into your twenties in these cultures that don't initiate you as a teen without being that kid in some way. And that kid designation often gets maintained because we've just cleaved off a big hunk of ourselves and shoved it into the shadow. Okay, so finally, let me talk about this this last kind of person that I see out in the world. So with this rise of sociopaths and psychopaths in a world, not necessarily criminal, but those CEOs that make up the 1% here in the United States that don't really seem to have a reasonable sense of care for other human beings, right? In the rise of these people who lack sensitivity and empathy, we have probably equally – rising population of people with high, that are highly sensitive. Now, highly sensitive people have a tendency to blame their high sensitivity and our world's inability to treat you well as the source of all of your problems. And as someone who has been doing my best to effectively help highly sensitive people and who is one herself, I am here to tell you it is not all your high sensitivity, and the world's inability to embrace that as a safe way to be in the world. You have shadow issues too. And so for that, those highly sensitive people, I encourage you to do energy body mastery and get excellent energy body hygiene, to educate yourself around the many, many different ways of cleansing All of the things that you do need to do to maintain your high level of sensitivity as an asset and not as a victim of your high sensitivity. With that said, while that will change the quality of your life, it does not heal the shadow issues that exist in your life because you brought what I call the fragile gifts into the world, the gifts that by their nature are fragile and unless you learn to protect them they can't be used right and so they often we often get a deep wounding around them because they make us feel excessively vulnerable in the world and so often our very gifts that most define our essence and who we are in the world get shoved into the shadow so these are very common people in our world today that are doing good work and that are healing in many ways. But I encourage you to recognize these not so obvious signs that you need to be doing shadow work too. And so the reason that I offer this online course is because you can be doing shadow work too. So as a way of wrapping up here today, Let me offer you all this, all of us this. Imagine that you are actually your own shadow self, that you are the part of yourself who has been cleaved off and permanently exiled in the shadow. This is like being put in prison and forgotten. No, actually, it's worse than that. It's like being falsely accused, right, then put in prison without a trial and forgotten. So what if you could set that falsely accused aspect of yourself free? So this is why insight shadow work is not really enough. The work isn't the finding. You know, your shadow behaviors make your shadow aspects pretty obvious, frankly. Finding who your shadow is is not really that hard. The work is the transformation of the relationship with that part of yourself that was forged in fear and executed with extreme prejudice. 
So it goes back to the feeling of that fragile ego that simply said, I can't afford this aspect of myself. And that is the relationship that needs to be transformed. Those aspects of the self you learned you could not afford are actually many of your best, most creative, most powerful, and most intimately loving aspects of yourself. When you ask yourself, why isn't my life working after all of this work? It's because the aspects of yourself you need to make it all come together are still in your shadow. So learning to go, to truly go there, is the crux of really powerful, long-lasting shadow transformation. The shadow work isn't psychological work. It's heart work. As soon as the fragile ego shoved that aspect of the self into the shadow, that aspect of the self was moved out of the realm of the mind and spirit and into the realm of the dark heart. So join me on May 11th, 2019 at 10 a.m. Or just register for it if you can't be there at that time, right? Because this offering is a new way to look at shadow transformation and then to dive in together and get it done. I want to offer big gratitude to that intrepid group of the first group of people to do Dance of the Shadow Self with me in the cycle of transformation because you were the guinea pigs on which all of this was born. And I give gratitude to all of you who have moved through the cycle teachings and done year after year, done Dance of the Shadow Self to continue to refine these, this gift that we are really giving to the world at this time. And I want to give gratitude to those of you that have stayed with me in these teachings and help me to create uh, the last mass community that supports these teachings in the world. And finally, I want to thank those very few of you who are willing to dedicate the time and energy to learning to teach these teachings so that they will be alive for the next generations. I also give enormous gratitude to the ancestors for all that you help us to do and to be, those human and non-human ancestors. I give gratitude to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. So everyone, you can register for the webinar uh, that happens this Saturday, May 11th at 10 at lastmaskcenter.org. On the, on the homepage, right there, scroll down, click it, and register. It's free. You just need to register. You can also go to the Facebook page for Why Shamanism Now. On the post for today's show, you, the link is also there, and you can register there. And for those of you that think, oh, hell, I just want to do the whole dang thing. I want to join the cycle teachings. There are four more places in Mass of Illusion for this year, starting June 2nd. And you can also find registration for that on the homepage at lastmasscenter.org. So thank you, everyone, for listening.